0: Hey, it's Mike Whitfield with Financial Independence Monthly, and I have a very exciting call. Mr. High Energy, Tyler, you know him as the garage warrior, Bramlett, but we're just going to go with Tyler for now. Tyler, welcome to the call. Hey, Mike. How's it going, brother? Fantastic. Great to have you, man. uh, Can't wait to jump into the, especially the success that you had with the zero to six-pack abs, so thank you for taking the time to talk to us, buddy. Yeah, man. I really appreciate it, And, and thank you for everybody for listening. Awesome stuff. All right. For those that perhaps don't know who you are, if you will, give us a little bit of background of how you got into the online business. Oh, man, the online business. Well, I'll give you a quick background because
1: I've been on the call, I think, once in the past. So uh I started uh, wanting to make more money at a relatively young age. <laughs> and was like, you know, i got to have some independence for myself. And I remember going to a Matt Fury seminar in 2005 and just being mind blown by the potential with the Internet. Now, the the big problem is is I didn't go home in 2005 and start a website and start selling stuff and this and that. I, uh, I went home and said, how is this ever going to be possible? And instead, I got a job as a construction worker that ended up, you know, getting laid off and then starting a boot camp facility and all this other stuff. So I, I did not take action on my goals for about six years. And you know, I partly say I'm embarrassed about that. The other side of it is like, I always try to say that everything in my life has happened for a good reason and i found good reasons in everything. And so getting in the game when I got in was really good because everything's just been absolutely amazing so far. So um, so yeah, so after doing the construction thing for a while, not having an online business, I started a boot camp with a, a business partner of mine in town. And before we knew it, it was four locations and we had 300 members. And then I was like, this isn't enough. So I started a website. I met Mikey over at uh, Craig and Bedros's Mastermind Group and um, just, started, just started doing what I do best, which is just hustling and just giving the best content I possibly could out there. And it's only been a, few, a couple of years now. And right now, uh, the Garage Warrior community is about 30,000 strong. So, uh, you know, I made some good steps over the last couple of years and sold boot camp, got rid of the personal training clients, and now I'm just running this, this big online community from a laptop wherever
0: I am. That's awesome, man. And, and I remember specifically, uh, there was a, a contest at one of our mastermind meetings, and there was, it was as if a button had been pushed. I mean, there was a switch. And you just went leaps and bounds and just boom. And now here we are talking about the, uh, the zero to six pack ads here in a little bit, and you just blew it up, and it just shows what tenacity and what consistency can do. So I'm really excited about jumping in on that stuff. And that is what we'll actually talk about right off the bat, and that is how did you come up with the idea of zero-to-six-pack abs? Because in such a crowded marketplace like fitness, what inspired it and what resources did you use to come up with the idea? Well, so check this out. Uh, I I launched a
1: program called Warrior Abs January of 2013, and it was based on the ab progressions that I would teach people if they came to train with me, and those are based upon gymnastic ab progressions. And um, this program was kind of successful. You know, I think overall I probably ended up doing about 1,500, 2,000 sales on it, um, which is all right. It's, no, it's nothing to jump for joy about, but it's something that, you know, something you can be kind of proud of. The biggest problem I saw, though, from the people who are using it, and that's secret number one that I like to tell people, is not enough people stay connected to the people that they're selling to. So stay connected to your people. If you have even a few people on an email list or you're just getting started, make sure you know what your customers are thinking about you and your products
0: Because if you do,
1: you'll be able to give them exactly what they need, which is what a great business is all about, okay? So I've learned that that a lot of people weren't able to make progress with my Warrior Abs program because the steps were too big. You know, an example would be going from a, like, a a hanging knee raise to a hanging knees to elbows. Well, they just couldn't do that. There was not enough strength in their cores to be able to move from one step to the next. And so I started thinking about how can I lay out something that has so many small progressions that there's no way somebody could fail. You know what I mean? So, like, an example was if we're talking about, like, a lying leg raise where you're lying on your back and you're doing leg raises with your legs straight. Well, we can do them with our hands under our butt, which is pretty easy. We can do them with our palms toward the sky next to our hips, which is a little harder. We can do them with our hands to the outside, which is a little harder than that. And we can do them with our hands overhead, which is a little harder than that. But they're all a lying leg raise, Right. So I invented this term called micro-progression technology. Yes, it's a sexy term for basically saying really tiny steps in between exercise progressions. And um, I came up with this whole progression basically for planks and leg raises that take people from really basic exercises to advanced ones. And I was like, I really want to redo my warrior ab system with this micro-progression element rather than these big leaps and bounds. And then um, I had a, a course of pretty crazy events in my life over the last couple of years where I, I had a, a baby girl and some stuff went wrong. My wife had the cesarean section, and she ended up going to a physical therapist that I ended up becoming really good friends with. Uh, his name is Dr. James Veger, and James and I are really good friends now, and he's just one of the most brilliant guys I've ever met when it comes to understanding the function of the human body because so many people claim that they, they know that but it's so funny when you're around a true master how humbled you are right where you're just like oh god i don't know anything about how biomechanically our body is supposed to work and what things relate to what things and after a while our friendship spawned and we got to know each other better and i was like james do you want to do you want to teach your stuff as a part of my program and so his his part of the program became phase 1 which is all these core activation techniques and drills in order to teach you how to stabilize and brace your core while doing unilateral, bilateral, contralateral, and movements. And then once you graduate through a phase one following videos, it takes you into the micro progression that that I was uh, just talking about. So that was the concept. And then literally, man, all I did was just share my story. I shared my story, uh, the deep painful stuff too, about how, you know, we wanted to have a natural home birth, and my wife ended up going through labor for 36 hours, and she ended up having to have a cesarean section. And like it was one of the most challenging times in my life, you know. And and through that came this good thing that I met Dr. James Vager, and then we did a product together. And if you read the sales page, zero-to-six-packabs.com, zero-hyphen-six-packabs.com, um, you'll see that it's pretty much just my personal story, right? Of course, there's some sales flavor and stuff in there as well, um, but. I just shared my story with the world, and like I told you, uh, we were talking before the call, Mike. That new is always better. So when I came on the on the scene with this product that included both micro progressions, which not a lot of people are really talking about, very logical and strategic micro progressions, and core activation techniques done by a doctor, well, that was all new stuff. So that, I think that really lended to the the strength of the program, the credibility
0: of the program, and the success of the program. Awesome stuff. And of course, we'll dive into that sales copy here in a little bit. But I I know that a big difference from what I've seen on that page compared to other sales pages is that you did go really deep on the story. And I think that's what really compelled people to read the whole thing. And uh, it was, I mean, you didn't, you didn't cut, you didn't hold back. And I think that was a big part of it. So that was really cool to to see that. Now, let's talk about some surprises. We always have a surprise or two when we uh, do a launch or even a promotion. What did you find to be one to, you know, maybe one to two, maybe even three of the biggest surprises from this launch? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, there's one, there's one huge one that jumps into my head immediately, right? So, uh, a lot of people will tell you this
1: is a really dumb idea, but I had to do it. So, this, uh, this launch, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to know what it was like to do everything. And it was a stupid idea, and I won't ever do it again. But now I know what it's like to do everything. And I'm just like a, a, a glutton for self punishment for those things. But I also feel like it gives you perspective into how the nuts and bolts really work. So I do have a team of two people helping me with video, helping me with a lot of different stuff. But when it came to the creation of the webpage, the sales page, the sales copy, the upsell flows, the testing, everything, that was all me, right? And one of the mistakes I made was I built a page using a, a little plugin called Optimize Press 2.0 or a theme called Optimize Press 2.0, which is fantastic if you guys are starting out and need an easy uh, system to build on WordPress for sales pages. I really recommend that. It's really easy to use. But I was uploading images to the sales page, and I was uploading high-res image files. And, of course, I have the fastest Internet I possibly can at my house, so I never noticed that, I w- that the page was l- loading slow. And so we ran a pre-launch for Zero to Six Pack Abs, and we mailed to the pre-launch list the day before the official launch. And I got like a hundred emails back within like an hour. The page isn't loading. The page isn't loading. So I had to call up my server guys, and they're like, "Well, dude, your page is 40 megabytes." He's like, "Typically, sales pages are like." three to six megabytes. And I was like, what do I have to do? And he's like, you have to go in and resize all the, the, uh, the images because they were all huge. But the page was just taking forever to load because the images were gigantic. And it was just totally my fault because I said, I want to do everything myself, not realizing that I was going to mess it up in the long run. So long story short, I opened my wallet and I paid my server guys to go through and change all the images for me because they were going to do it a lot faster than anybody else could. And um, ended up getting the page to load in less than uh, two seconds which is what you want. When you have a, a launch going and you have that much volume, you want pages to load fast so people don't fail before they get bored. Because, Mike, at, at one point on that Monday, the page is loading in 11 seconds. Can you believe that? Oh. oh 11 man. seconds. And I, 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 leave, I leave pages after three seconds, personally. Like, I, you don't got me in three seconds, I'm out. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah, so that was, that was just an absolute huge, huge, huge mistake. And um, I'm so happy that I had a team. Uh, over at um, Ratco, they're, they're my server company that can handle this kind of situation extremely fast. And uh, you know, if you guys are if you guys are looking for an awesome server company and you have a decent amount of volume, don't go with it if you're starting out. But Ratco, by far, I
0: just I love those guys. They're fantastic. Awesome, very cool. Thanks for sharing that resource. And that's uh, that's funny. I didn't know that you did everything from scratch. So you we're, we're talking download pages and uh, the uh, email capture and all that kind of good stuff. We're talking everything, Mikey. (laughs) Man, wow. My props to you. (laughs) Awesome stuff. Okay. Well, I remember the day before, one thing that really surprised me, and, of course, I was really, uh, you know, it put a smile on my face was all the split testing you were doing. I think, if I remember right, I think you had like a four-way split test going a couple of days before the launch. So I want to know, what did you find from those split tests?
1: Yeah, I mean, so check it out. Here's the biggest thing you can take. If you know you're going to have a decent amount of volume coming to your sales page, let's say you know you have 50,000 people visiting or something like that. We ended up having over a quarter million people visit the page so far. Um, That gives you the idea that, hey, you have a, a golden opportunity that very few marketers actually take advantage of. And that opportunity is to lay down some split testing, not just stupid split testing like the headline and the price or something like that, but lay down some split testing on the back end, on everything that you can optimize conversions, right? And so what did I do? I created three different sales pages with three different price points, with three different backgrounds, with three different order forms, uh, looks of the order forms, with three different upsell flows. And we cross-tested all of those, to about 3,500 sales before we got the winning variation, okay? And that was the other thing. Is like the night of the launch, I'm sitting there hitting refresh, you know, and I actually went and stayed in a hotel room because I knew I'd be too neurotic to be at home. So I, I, I was, I'm i sitting there hitting refresh over and over and over again, and then I got a text message from my buddy, Rick Casellage, who I'm sure a lot of you guys know, and Rick says, quit hitting refresh, which was hilarious because he didn't know I was hitting refresh. He just sent me the text message, right? And, of course, there I was hitting refresh. <laughs> So then I then I texted him back. I was like, Hey man, when should I pull when should I pull this um, split test? And he sent me an article that Joel and Craig wrote, and it was about Joel running some tests through his servers, and that he found that when he was running people through two different servers, the same exact sales copy, the same exact funnels, but he was running them through two different servers at 100 sales, there was like a 25 percent margin of error. And then at, like, 500 sales, there was, like, an 8% margin of error. And then at 1,000 sales, there was, like, a 0.6 or a 0.3. Don't quote me on those numbers, but it was something as dramatic as what I was just saying. Like, until you have a 1,000 sales, you could be pulling the winning variation off the plate, and you could be keeping the losing variation, not knowing it. So I, I realized at that point, okay, Tyler, you need to be patient. So I waited for the first 1,000 sales before I pulled the price split test. Actually, I price split tested before um, the launch happened to my own list, and we did uh, 500 sales, price split tested it, then split tested it again, to the pre-launch list. We split tested the headline, and I actually had my friend Kevin Rogers, who's a really well-known copywriter, write me the second headline. And I'm very proud to say that my headline
0: beat his headline. <laughs> so <laughs> so that headline one and that ver- What's that? It, that's impressive.
1: Yeah, well, I was excited about that. You just—it was—it was really close to the same headline, but uh, mine went out by almost a percentage for some dang reason. Then we tested other stuff on the page. It was wild, Mike. So check this out. This is something that's interesting. We put testimonials for zero- to six-pack abs from the people who had been using the program for only a week because we had sold it a week before to my own list, right? And this was cool because people were using the system. They were using phase one, and the testimonials we're getting back are like, wow, I can feel my core firing harder than it's ever fired before. My back pain disappeared, a lot of stuff like that. So I put those testimonials up on the page, and then below the phase two element, I put testimonials of people that I've personally worked with and taught these uh, progressions to on the page. The testimonials page lost. What? Can you believe that? And no. the reason why, the reason why I believe the testimonials page lost is because it was too good to be true. Right? Because it said, here's testimonials from people who have been using Zero Six like apps for just one week. People are probably like, oh, my bullshit alarm goes off and they bail from it. So obviously I could definitely test some different types of testimonials and social proof, but the page with zero social proof did the best by over 0.8%. Isn't that crazy? Wow. That is really so, crazy. Oh. Yeah, that was wild. So an, a, another gem for you guys that's really powerful, I, see, I don't see a lot of people doing this either, is um, when it comes to order forms, what I found was that the page, the order form that matches the look of the sales page the most is the most successful, and I cross-tested this with a white background sales page and a gray background sales page, and then a order page with blue background, with a gray background, and a white background. And the gray page was the winner on both accounts, and it was the winner with the gray sales page background. So when people have a thing where it's like you go from you know whatever your product is to like you know a ClickBank order form, if you're not putting a header up there and you're not matching the background color of your order page. To the background color of your sales page, then you're, I think you're shooting yourself in the foot on sales. Because we had a really high order form, uh, uh, conversion. We had, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was over 30% order form conversion on that page. So the people who were coming to that sales page, they were seeing the branding at the top. They were seeing an image of me and Dr. James Vega. They were reading about what it does. They were seeing it had an, a guarantee, and it all looked the same colors as the sales page. So I really think that helps increase our sales dramatically, especially when you're talking about the amount of volume we did. And then finally was the upsell flow. Was I created three different upsell flows and put them in place behind the sales pages. And we ran them through 3,000 sales. Then we picked the winning upsell flow. And check this out. The losing upsell flow increased net revenue on the front end by 29%. The winning upsell flow increased net revenue on the back end by 46%. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So that's 17%. So if you made $100,000 from that, that's an extra $17,000 just by creating another upsell flow that you can test against. So that was really powerful. I think that – most people, what they do is like t- they split test one little thing here. I created three upsell flows, three different price points, three different types of videos, and I put them all up there, and I let them run for thousands of sales before I went into ClickBank. And the other thing, too, is like I don't trust Visual Website Optimizer. I don't trust Google A- A- Analytics, and I don't trust ClickBank. So I have Analytics on the page. I have Visual Website Optimizer on the page. And I created different product IDs in ClickBank so I could literally go into ClickBank and say, Abs, upsell one version A, abs upsell one version B, and actually get legitimate revenue in front of my eyes to see which ones were converting best. I don't really trust a lot of those other things because they seem to work pretty good, but not a hundred percent. Right. Right. So I think you're having a ton of volume come through. You're missing out on a golden opportunity. If you don't set up at least a split test on the price point, let it run for a little while, a split test on the headline, let it run for a little while, a split test on the order form going the entire time running the front end, right? So making sure one page goes to the order form of this color, one page goes to an order form of that color, and then split testing at least two upsell flows on the back end. So th- that's what we did. We ran a lot of different tests, but ultimately we made people a lot more money, which made them mail more, which made us make all more money. So it was
0: definitely worth the, the, the hassle in the long run. Yeah, certainly a, a win-win. There uh, is there anything more that you don't mind sharing as far as your upsell price points that you found to be the winners?
1: Yeah, so you know what's interesting is I found that matching upsell price points to the number in the product. A lot of my products have numbers in them, right? So like the twenty progressive bodyweight workouts, we tested it at nineteen ninety-five, we tested it at twenty, and we tested it at twenty-five, and twenty like kicked the other ones in the pants just absolutely kick the other ones in the pants. And I've seen that happen before with other offers of mine where the number of the product, so, you know, whatever the product is, 27, you know, finishers or whatever, if it's $27, for some reason those numbers just resonate in people's heads. And so I think that that's a huge component there. And one of the things I like to do with my upsells, Mike, is I like to do what I call a last-ditch upsell, right? And it depends on the type of flow you're creating because you can create a flow where if people purchase the first one, then it escalates them to a more expensive one. If they don't, it escalates them to a less expensive one. But regardless, whenever they decline the second-to-last upsell, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a last-ditch upsell, which is like a no-brainer offer. And I feel like a lot of people aren't doing no-brainer offers at the end because if somebody bought the front-end product, let's say for 25, they decline the first upsell for 20 bucks, they decline the second one for 25 bucks, then they're on the last one. The psychology is such that this person's probably not going to buy the last one, right? I mean, they, they right. decline the first two. That you got to think in, in terms of what they're feeling. They're like, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. So I always try to add a seven or a nine-dollar upsell as the last upsell after somebody declines upsell number two. That way I can get somebody to open their wallets and spend that money. Because the reality is, from my experience, if you can increase an affiliate's uh, net revenue on the back end by over 33%, you're doing pretty good. So if they made $100 on the front end, they should make another $33 on the back end. If you can do it by 50%, you're killing it. And I've seen a few people do it close to about 100%, which means they've tested the crap out of their funnels, or they just woke up one day and got really dang lucky, right? So with a $9 offer, let's say you have a $27 front offer, and that $9 offer is at the very end there, and it's your, like, last chance offer. Well, even if they buy that, they've increased their net revenue by 33%, right? So you're you're doing your affiliates a favor by having a very low-priced offer on the end. And really, like, I do sales videos for all of my upsells. And I always say it in the video. All right, all right. You didn't want any other offers, so that's why I wanted to make this no-brainer offer for you. This one's just 9 bucks. Remember, there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. You're just trying to get that last sale, right, and just getting them in the door with whatever other products you can get them. So I think that's a really valuable piece of information for people who are setting up upsell flows. Very cool. Great
0: insight, man. I'm writing stuff down, so that's why you hear the pause there. <laughs> I'm taking <begging> some <for> notes. <laughs> I hope everybody else is, too. Awesome stuff. All right, now let's talk about some, uh, you know, getting the affiliates. You know, you talked about getting a lot of traffic and everything. I want to know, you know, can you tell us how you got to that point where you were able to bring so much traffic? Everything from when you first started to how you built these relationships and things like that. You know, there's, there's different ways of getting affiliates on board. And I just want to yeah. know, you know, what's one of the two tips that you use that you have seen that is, is really successful? Yeah, well, I'll give you three tips,
1: actually. So unquestionably, tip number one is go to live events, right? There's just nothing. There's no substitute for showing up at Fitness Business Summit, Turbulence Training Summit, Traffic and Conversion Summit, anything that's got Dan Kennedy and those guys in it. I mean, show up to as many marketing, and if you want to do more of a fitness niche, the the fitness marketing niche uh, uh, event as possible, and, like, that's where I've met probably 80% 80% of the people I met just showing up to things over and over and over and over again. And if you show up, be cool. Don't walk up to somebody and be like, hey, you're Sean Hadsell. Will you promote my product? Because guess what? Sean Hadsall never going to promote your product like that. What happened the first time I met Sean Hadsall? I was like, hey, man, what product should I promote of yours? And then I went home and I promoted it, sh- like, so hard that my list was, like, hating me so that he would notice that there were sales, right? Because he doesn't care right. if you get him five sales. But if you get him 50... He's going to be like, who is this, right? So you've got to start thinking in terms of, like, how do you really get people to start scratching their heads about who you are. So show up to live events, buy people drinks. There were events when I went there almost broke, Mike, and I ended up spending, like, several hundred dollars on drinks for people because I knew that in the long run the relationship I was building by being a cool guy around these people was going to be more valuable than the savings I could have saved on you know, $200 worth of drinks. So I'm a huge fan of going to these events, hanging out around the bars, being cool, just being cool, not trying to sell anybody on you, just be cool. And when in doubt, talk about them, promoting them, how you can help them. Don't talk about yourself, all right? Talk about yourself a little bit later once you guys become more friends and you start promoting each other and so on and so forth,
0: all right?
1: So that's tip number one. Tip number two is if you have the opportunity to do a partnership with someone bigger than yourself, take it and put everything you've got into it, right? because in 2013 I had the opportunity to do a program called CT50 with Adam Steer and his company Shapeshifter Media, and that at least put my name on the map because Adam already had great relationships with all of these big dog affiliates. And so when they mailed to that page, sure they were mailing for Adam and I was getting a percentage of the, the sales, but they were seeing me. They knew who I was now, right? That's the thing is you have to get your name, your face out in front of people in order for them to really start to think of you as a player in their game. So that was number two. And then the, the last one I will definitely talk about is you've got to – I said be cool and help people. You've got, to be, you've got to be new for their list, and you've got to make it so personal for them, right? So when you're recruiting affiliates, you can't just be like, oh, hey, will you mail to this product? You know, like that doesn't help at all. You want to get them involved somehow. Get somebody to come check out your sales page and give you a critique on it. Um, one of the things I did for zero to six pack abs is I created a bonus for, uh, five affiliates and they ended up being in my, in my top six list of those five affiliates. I created bonuses for them. So Mikey, you know, we, like, you know, we always say, obviously when you use a bonus, you make a lot more money because people are like, Oh crap, they're giving something away too. So nobody ever went out to John rally and said, Hey John, can I make you a bonus for my product and private label it and deliver it to all of your people who purchase? And I asked him, huh. hey, hey John, can I, can I do that? And he said, Sure. And then I wrote him a set of custom swipes as well, just for his list that included the bonus, right? So it's like you have to be so cool. You have to make it so convenient. You have to get them involved in the process. You have to get them invested in the process. And once you do that, once they kind of get behind it, provide – this is the real key here – provided it converts well, because had I done all that stuff and everybody mailed on the first day and they got a 1% conversion and a 30-cent EPC, but you know what? I would have been fucked. I could have done nothing about that, right? I would have pulled the right from the launch, and I would have been like, oh, well – Obviously, it has to convert well as well. But if you can convert well as well as help people out, give them a bonus, be cool, get them invested, get them involved with the success of the program, and then bonus cash, bonus cash, bonus cash, bonus cash, right? At the end of zero six pack abs, I gave the top 20 a $50 bonus. Now, that didn't mean anything to the top 10, right, because they were all getting hundreds, you know, 700, 800, 3, I think I gave away like 6,000-something bucks to the top, top team. Um, but that tells everybody that you care right? And I do care because ultimately the top 20 people, top 25 people in my launch were the ones who generated 90% of my sales. And so I want to do my best to take care of them because what's going to happen is a year from now, six months from now, I'm going to ask for another favor. And they're going to remember that they enjoyed being a part of my launch. And that's what I want them to remember.
0: Very cool. That's uh, that's great. Custom swipes and custom bonuses. That's that's thinking outside the box. So, that's going to give it a That's lot of work. great ideas. Yeah, man. It's work. It, it <laughs> takes work to get there. So good stuff, man. All right. Very cool. Well, you know, we talked about conversions. We talked about your page, you know, doing a lot of sales and that kind of thing. Let's talk a, a little bit about the sales copy. You know, we've seen trends come and go. Things get obsolete pretty quick. But the one thing that remains is sales copy is king. I, and I think the, the whole quote, sales copy is king, I, I think is from uh, from Craig Ballantyne, but what do you find as far as, a, as far as trends that are working well with sales copy? Right. Um,
1: well, I think obviously that there's a lot of people jumping on, like, kind of the backdoor trend. And you can see this by virtue of, like, landers becomes really popular um, where you, you see a page that's all content-based and then it moves you to a sales page that has more of a sales pitch on it. Um, and then VSLs. VSLs. Never do you see a VSL that says, Discover the fat loss secrets that will make you this and this and this. It's always like, hey, I want to share with you three tricks or four foods you should never eat, right? So it's this backdoor technique where you're kind of getting somebody into your sales page and getting them to read. So when people, oftentimes when people look at a headline, they're thinking about the product. How can I get somebody to buy my product with a headline? That is the wrong thing to do. What is the purpose of a headline, Mike? You gotta get the attention. And then, and then get them to scroll down, right? That's it.
0: You're oh, getting yeah. their information, yep.
1: and you're getting them to scroll down. That is all the headline has to do. So an example was for my 27 Habits offer I ran last year, which, by the way, is just still constantly crushing it. I love that offer, and we're working on getting a paid media to, to the page. And that thing is, the headline is, she popped them into her mouth, and she immediately regretted it. And people looked at that and said, that's a terrible headline. And I'm like, but don't you want to read more, Right. Because it sounds Absolutely. kind of weird. It sounds a little risque, right? You're like, what's going to happen, you know? So, so, you know, with 0 to 6 Pack Abs, we took that same approach, that backdoor approach. And it was, I can't remember the exact headline, but it was, um, you know, discover the breakthrough ab training something. Uh, that I, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm butchering my own sales copy right now. But the point was, that the hook at the end was that I discovered through a series of seemingly unfortunate events involving a little baby girl. And so what the hell does a baby girl have to do with abs? Right, and so that's enough to compel people to read a little bit further. And of course, what happens is I end up sharing the stories that I already shared with you a little bit of, which is like, you know, this crazy event with my wife, and how I ended up having to her to physical therapy. Then I ended up meeting Dr. James Veger and he ended up teaching me all about the proper function of the core. And then I had to put this out there for the world. And the reality was that that was all true. Like people sometimes think that I'm writing bullshit sales copy, but that was like, a, that was like a true story all the way through. You know, and so like you said before, Mike. I think one of the biggest secrets is that people try to go facts. Oh, you know, fact! This study says this. Fact! This study says that. That's great. You should have some studies to back up what you're saying. But the core of your sales letter needs to be your personality and the story that compels them to want what you're what you're offering as a solution, right? So my story was, we went through this terrible process. My wife's core stopped working. Then I met this guy. We discovered how to fix my wife's core. I started using it, too. I watched my daughter, my baby daughter, go through the same steps that he was describing adults should go through, and then I had to put this on video and share it with you. And then, of course, we sell the phase one program. And the second thing is I feel like people don't, don't add as much of a bonus as they should. And so we had a system that had phase one and phase two. Phase one was four follow along workouts, four PDF manuals, and exercise descriptions, so on and so forth. So it's a, it's a big enough program to sell for 25 bucks. But we, I, knew we had, I knew we were going to have phase two on it, so I put phase two as a bonus. So it's like we sold phase one in the whole sales letter. And then after they saw that, then I'm like, hey, but we're also going to give you phase two, which is an additional 56 follow along videos. 14 manuals. Oh, and by the way, if you order this week, we're also going to give you fast action bonus number one, fast action bonus number two, fast action bonus number three. So from their perception, they were already sold on phase one. And then I sweetened the deal so huge that they can't ignore you. Great offers do this. Look at John Rowley's offer. He sells old school new body and he sells all the bonuses below it. Talk to all these experts. Look at Venus. Watch the Venus index video, right? They sell the Venus index. Then they offer coaching videos and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah on top of the original price point. So I feel like that's one thing that people aren't doing enough is taking the offer, minimizing the offer you're trying to sell, condensing into something really actionable and and really, really, like, driven deep, and then add bonuses below it that are, you know, five times the size of the program. So I I think that was a really big part of the success on this program. And like I said, with your sales copy, it's all about story. And with that headline, really, really get people to pique their interest. Why would they want to read further? And then that story's got to captivate them to get them to go down the page a little bit further, and then it's got to tie back around into why they need your solution.
0: Absolutely. And I think uh, I've read a lot of sales copy books, and I can't remember honestly where it came from, but I, I remember reading that each sentence is to get you to read the next sentence. That's, uh, <laughs> so that was, uh, that was really apparent on your sales page. So very cool, man. Well, we appreciate you sharing all this uh, amazing info. I do have one last question, and that is what have you read, you know, in the past year that has helped you either personally or even with your business?
1: Oh, by far, uh, Vince Del Monte sent me a book called The One Thing, and I cannot emphasize how powerful that book is. Um, I've been so busy with my projects this year that I haven't been as much of an avid reader as I typically was. But part of that was because I read this book, The One Thing. And The One Thing asked this question, basically. It asks, what one thing can you do in your business that will make nothing else matter? What one thing can you succeed in in your business that will make nothing else matter? And when I started thinking about it, I was like, I I knew – when you read that and you start thinking about it, you kind of get to know exactly what you need to do. And so, like, that's why this year I've been a little bit more of, like, a recluse. I'll still go to events here and there, but I've been a little bit more kind of focused on what I'm trying to do. And it's funny because it's not create more products. It's not do this and that. It's, it's really take my core products and put them into really intelligent funnels behind each other so that they cross-promote and cross-sell each other. And then build opt-in funnels, squeeze page funnels in the front of them so that we can start buying media to these funnels and starting to figure out how we can get pages to convert to cold traffic. And to me – Reading too many books about too many things can kind of confuse me on that a little bit. Uh, taking on too many projects, creating too many new things, doing too many launches will confuse me on that. And so I wanted to really take my focus and really laser focus it. And then finally, to be totally honest with you, I also am trying to learn how to balance my life in the way that I can do it uh, functionally. And for me, Mike, that means working 16 to 20 hours a day for two or three months and then working two hours a day for two or three months. And so that's what I'm kind of trying to do is like, hey, I'm going to work really hard for a few months, and then I'm going to relax a little bit more. Because it used to be I'm just going to work really hard constantly, and um, I, that's not good for my health. I've, I've, I've felt the effects of two years or three years of constantly working, and it's, um, I, I need to learn how to balance things a little better. So that's what I've been trying to focus on this year is just balance. And then focusing on the one thing, and so I know exactly what I got to do. Now, what's the what's the problem? I just got to go do it, right? And most likely, you're listening to this call. You probably know what you need to do. The first step, the one thing, the most powerful thing that you should be doing right now in order to to achieve success, you got to ask yourself, why am I not doing it? What's stopping me from
0: doing that? And eliminate those things and just do it, man. Well put, and I uh, I will agree on that book as well. I read that too, and uh, it's a very powerful book. So I'm glad you uh, named that resource. So uh, one last thing, of course, if you will. Tell everybody where you know where we can follow you on the, on Facebook. Sure, man. You can find me on Facebook
1: uh, if you want, to, like, check out my personal stuff, which I never go on. It's uh, Tyler Bramlett from Santa Cruz, California. Uh, otherwise, Garage Warrior on Facebook, the Garage Warrior on YouTube, garagewarrior.com, dot com, and uh, you can check me out on all those those avenues.
0: And I got podcasts, and I got all kinds of other stuff, and so on and so forth. And that might be a future call is. Uh, you know, podcast, because I mean, you're doing really well with that. So we'll uh, we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, it's coming future. around. <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, man. This was amazing. I wrote down a lot of stuff. I'm sure everybody else did as well. Definitely going to be listening to this again, and uh, we really appreciate it, man. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Mike, and thanks so much for listening, everybody. All right, very cool. Until next time, we'll have another su- success call. This is Mike Whitfield with Financial Independence Monthly. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.